Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. You are listening to episode number 35. Today's show is so good. It is a conversation with my friend Haley McDougall. And man, the Lord really used her words to encourage me today as I re-listened because I'm currently sick. Both of my girls are sick and I've just been feeling so overwhelmed and like, Lord, this is just too much. How am I going to carry on? And Haley and I just have an honest conversation about like what it looks like to be vulnerable and find deep friendships and when it all just feels like too much in life, especially in motherhood. So I really hope that you find today's episode relatable and encouraging. Before we jump into the show, I just want to chat about a few things real quick. First of all, thank you guys so much for your reviews. As I've shared on the past couple of episodes, I made it a goal to have 100 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts by May. So we are currently at 76. We are really close. Thank you guys so much again for taking the time to write a review. And if you haven't yet, please just take 60 seconds to do so. That would be so, so helpful. Secondly, I wanted to share about a really exciting resource being released tomorrow, April 20th, and that is the Intentional Parents film series. You guys, I cannot chat about Intentional enough and just praise them for their ministry that they have. It is so incredible and their podcast has blessed me in my motherhood and in my marriage and my walk with Jesus so deeply. And tomorrow they are releasing a film series with more of their teachings to expand their mission to equip parents to raise passionate Jesus followers. So you guys can check out intentional underscore parents on Instagram and you can also visit their website intentionalparents.org to learn more about that resource. But I'm so excited for myself and John to go through their film series ourselves. So like I said, today's episode is with my friend Haley and I just want to add as well that you are getting a true glimpse into our lives as stay-at-home moms as we actually recorded this episode while I was holding Juliet and she was with her son Nelson and he is one and Juliet is seven months. So I feel like if you are a mom or if you are friends with moms, you just understand um, this like mom brain thing. But Again, I was listening back and I was like, wow, the Lord really spoke through us because it was a more comprehensive conversation than I was anticipating. So thank you guys so much for listening to this intro. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's dive on in. Haley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. I am so excited to be here. I've never been on a podcast and yeah, what a fun way to start. <laughs> I know. I'm really grateful that a lot of people have, I guess, trusted me to come on because I know it can be just like a totally different format. You have to be like vulnerably sharing 
your life. So thank you for coming on. We were actually talking about this. I think um, my mom, you saw a really funny video of her that I posted in this Facebook group that we're part of. I did. I still don't actually, I think I told her that I posted that, but she listens every Tuesday morning when she gets ready to this new episode. And I know she's going to text me immediately. She's going to pause right now and be like, Paige, what video are you talking about? (laughs) She sends the best unboxing videos. But I'm so excited to talk today about community and motherhood and just a lot of things that I feel like you and I have kind of experienced in similar ways and just been voice messaging about. And I know that your experience is going to resonate so much with other listeners. So could you just start off by telling us who you are, what you do, and where you live? Yes. Uh, My name's Haley McDougal. Um, I live in Greenville, South Carolina with my husband, Asher, um, and our son, Nelson. Nelson is just over a year old and so much fun. But I right now am my stay-at-home mom and run a young living business on the side while also attending a discipleship school through my church, um, which is called the Garden Greenville. I love that. That's awesome. I'm so excited to talk with you a little bit too about um, discipleship school and kind of like what that has looked like for you uh, in motherhood and your marriage and all the things. But I would love to hear how you and your husband met. I think it's really fun to kind of hear the beginning of like your family journey. Yeah. So, um, Asher and I both went to Anderson university and it's funny that I even went to school there because, um, you know, in high school, you're thinking about where, where to go to school. I said, I would never go to Anderson cause that's where all the youth group kids went and nothing against them or the school itself. But I was just like, I'm not going to do what all of the Christian gonna be different yeah I want to go to a big school and I'm gonna move far away from home turns out I ended up going to like a community college and then transferring to Anderson and then my parents moved away my sophomore year so I don't know all these things I thought I wanted I didn't actually want and that's just kind of the story of my life it's like thinking I know and then realizing like kind of hit with a reality check of hey, no, it's nice to live close to your parents and you actually don't want to go to a big school. But anyway, Asher and I met at at Anderson. We're actually um, a couple years apart in um, classes and he was doing music and I did graphic design. So um, we had classes in the same building, but never classes together. I just kind of saw them from across the cross campus. And, um, you can say the Holy spirit or, um, some strategic, uh, placement, but I found out what girls were in his friend group and was like, I'm going to be friends with him because they're, they'll know where he's going to be. So I can cross paths. And oh, that is I brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Very like, um, I found what I wanted and went for it. (laughs) Um, Landed on a spring break trip, ironically, a spring break in South Carolina right now. Okay. Um, Bringing back all of of the Yeah. We were thinking about it the other day. But um, yeah, I ended up on some spring break trip, kind of invited myself to. 
and yeah, we just started talking and we're dating like a few months later. Um, and that was in 2011. So we've been together for a long time. Oh my gosh. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So what was, yeah, that timeline like as far as you went on this trip, started dating and then when did you guys end up getting married? So we go on spring break, we started dating and that was 2011 and then we got married in 2016. So we dated for a long time before we were ready to get married. Um, I think mostly just because neither of us were ready financially and it worked out that we lived near each other as Asher finished school. And then even after we both graduated, um, transitioned into, I lived with a group of girls in a house and he actually lived just down the street with a group of guys. And so in a lot of ways, it was like, we're still doing a lot of our life together without like jumping into marriage right away, which I think worked out well for us. Yeah. Well, that sounds like such a sweet situation too. Like if you are loving time living with girlfriends, he's enjoying living with his buddies too. Like, oh my gosh, how picturesque to be able to, yeah, feel like maybe you can take your time a little bit, but still be living relatively close. That's awesome. Yeah. We had a lot of kind of things happening in both of our families during that time. And so, um, yeah, it just, it worked out to not rush into anything and just give space. Totally. And then you have your sweet son, Nelson, who you said turn one at the beginning of February, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. So you were married for like, what would that have been? Like five um, five years? Almost five years. Yeah. Okay. Because it'll be six in April that we've been okay. married. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's been great. <laughs> we're both really creative people. And um, I think for me, like a lot of that time was trying to wrap my head around am I ready to be a mom and um just getting pregnant for us was a lot like okay god I I'll give it a chance I'll we'll try and it was like okay here you go here's your child and like I know that's not the story for so many people but it's just so such a been such a blessing and a learning experience of course but um I felt like that was such a testimony of giving him a little bit of a yes or even just like an okay and he's like okay here we go this is um this is kind of what I've called you to in this season and um here we go yeah oh my goodness yes I understand and feel like I'm almost two years in to motherhood and still like kind of accepting like okay this is my life now. And there's not yeah. as much more to do. We were just talking about this before I hit record, like, yeah, how all consuming it is and how good it is, but just how hard it is sometimes to almost relate to people who are not in the thick of like yes. parenting young kids or who, who haven't before. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys were like loving married life and if you're both super creative, like you said, I can see why that would have been I don't know if you'd say hard, but to like step into a totally new season, that's something John and I have talked about a little bit. Like I think in a way we've mourned that we like didn't 
really have that. Like we got, we were married for eight months before we got pregnant and it was awesome. Like I'm so thankful the way it worked out in a way. I think I'm glad because I totally understand why it would have been easy to like, just love that life where you could be creative and together and have your free time. We like went to a craft brewery together and took the girls a couple weeks ago when it was nice out. And we were just kind of laughing at ourselves, like seeing all of these like young marrieds or like young singles hanging out. We're like, oh my gosh, people do this. Like they could do this every weekend. Like we cannot even fathom like the freedom, you know? Yeah. It's real like uh, ironic because before Nelson, we were like, all right, even when we have kids, even when we're ready, he's not going to rule our life. We're going to set the tone. We're going to like do it like this. And then it's just the rudest awakening. Like, no, that's not how it is. I think there's a balance of it, but uh, because some people can be really strict about how they run their schedules and whatever. I mean, you just got to do whatever works for your kid, really. But um, a lot of surrender involved there. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I relate to that so much. I was like, yeah, I'm not you know, our kids will just come along. Like if I want to go to a coffee shop or if we want to travel, whatever. And like, you for sure can do that. I never want to be like, just you wait, you know, I never want to (laughs) be discouraging to people. But yeah, in my experience, I'm like, yeah, you just have to weigh the pros and cons. Like, does it, do I really want to spend money and like go out somewhere if I'm going to be like chasing Flora around the whole time? For me, usually the answer is no. Yes. Yeah. But chasing, we're in that season. Yes. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, they're so busy. I would love to hear just kind of like what community looked like for you then because you were married for, yeah, five years before you ended up having Nelson. So just kind of what was that season of community like for you? I know five years is like a while, but if you could just kind of summarize what that was like, and then also how that transition was for you um, when you did become a mom and just some of what you learned through that experience. It's like a huge question. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When we first got married, man, I think as community does, it just, it evolved a lot over that time. Um, I think an area that still need some maturing but especially when I first got married was having this hunger for knowing the Lord more but a lot of being surrounded by people that are in really different places with that and being in a really judgmental headspace honestly of like guys come on like what are we doing like I don't want to you know, dilly dally anymore. Like let's dig in and let's have a real conversation. Um, I don't know, uh, learning to honor where people are because that's, you know, that's how Jesus would have been. He's not like dragging us along to be more, you know, more mature or more transformed or more sanctified because he's holy. Like, he's like, he knows come on guys, what are you doing? Like, um, can you imagine? He's very very much like present with where we are, you know? Um, and I think that was 
uh, one of the biggest takeaways in the last like five years or so is not only like a truth for me, but for people in my community is like that he loves me today. Um, I had a dream about making this jewelry that said today's the day on it and I was passing it out. And I really just felt like that was a word from the Lord that my past self when I, I don't know, in high school, I was very disciplined and memorizing scripture and very like involved in serving and whatnot. And so like through college, that kind of like faded a little bit. I think I've always been turned towards the Lord, but you know, just where I'm sacrificing my time is um, wavered some. And so anyway, it was like, I love you just where you are today, not who you were back when you knew all that scripture and not who you're going to be once you figure out your life. It's like today's today's the day. I feel like that is so good. And even just thank you for sharing that, a word that I needed to hear because I think, yeah, so many of us can feel like, I don't know, maybe we've gotten off track at some point and then exactly what you said, feeling the tension of like, well, I'm not where I want to be yet, but I know where I want to be. And so maybe at that point, um, fill in the blank, maybe God will love me more. Maybe I'll be happier with my life, like all of these things. And it is so much harder, I feel like, to just be accepting and like presenting our whole in-process selves to the Lord as we are now. So I love that. For sure. And yeah, definitely still in progress with that. So you are, you had this dream that, yeah, the Lord just told you like today is the day. I love you right as you are, not like who you were and not who you're wanting to be. Um, And so where do you feel like that journey of just like accepting where you are, accepting yourself as you are in progress and like bringing that whole self to the Lord and, and loving that? Where do you feel like that? started for you? Was it like when you first got married or do you feel like that started more in motherhood? Like when do you feel like that work started in you, I guess? I would say it started, I probably wasn't even conscious of it as much until after I had that dream, really. Um, And so that was just two or three years ago now. And it's really just the daily thing because I wake up and I'm like, okay, what am I going to get done today? And going to sleep thinking about what I did or didn't get done or um, did I feel connected to the Lord today? I think. So I love that you're talking to about how easy it is for us to like struggle with kind of meeting people where they're at, especially in the context of like Bible studies or small groups or whatever and your time is so limited. And I think it's hard because we have this idea of community and like what we want it to be, but we also want everyone else to like conform exactly to like where we are and talk about the things we want to talk about. And I feel like when we can accept the community that we have and be grateful for it, that's when we can really start to like reap the benefits of the people we have around us. But it's so hard. Yeah. Um, so when you guys were first married, like, did you join any type of like couples group or was it something like through 
your church or just friends that you had? What kind of did that look like for you? So I think a lot of that season was just Asher and I and friends that we had that had stuck around after school or that we met through work, um, which honestly, like some of the friends we've made through uh, our jobs are just like lifelong friends. So I know that's not the case for for everyone. Just because we didn't, we didn't get married right away. We didn't get married right out of school and right after graduation. And then we didn't have kids right away. That kind of put us in this kind of limbo space. Yeah. Just because anybody in that, in that space that's either married or not married, but like into adult, young adulthood without kids is so like transient, I feel like. So even establishing community within our church and with, I don't know, anybody really, it was just kind of like all over the place. And so honestly, part I think part of my decision to start the discipleship school was out of a like deep desire for that community. And I was like, if it has to come through this like structured format of doing a discipleship school, I'll do whatever it takes at this point, because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. And I need, I need people that are walking in the same direction to help me out or even like a few steps ahead, you know, some kind of leadership. Totally. That's so good. Oh my gosh. That, I feel like you just articulated something I've been trying to like think about. So thank you because I've often said to John, uh, I like miss school or like maybe someday I'll go back to school. Like whether that's for um, like an MDiv thing or like an arts and crafts or fashion degree. Like I just think that would be cool. And he's like, you know that like a lot of what you could learn, you know, could be through like hours of like podcasts or YouTube or books I'm like, yeah, but I want like the people and the structure. So I don't know if I ever will do that, but I feel like I haven't been able to figure out exactly why until you just said what you said. It's like also that community of people who are also passionate. And like you said, I love that you said like walking in the same direction too. Yeah. It's made a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you started that three years ago. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at the end, the fall of 2019 is when I started. Okay. So I would love to just hear a little bit more about what this school has looked like for you. So I know you said that you kind of jumped in because you were really just wanting like more, I guess, like-minded community and people who were like pursuing Jesus. I don't want to say more seriously, but I guess just like in a similar way to you or they were wanting to grow in a similar way to you. And so what did that commitment kind of look like? And what do you feel like have been some of the most rewarding fruits of your school? Oh, there's, I feel like there's so much I could talk about when it comes to this uh, experience, but let's, let's hear it all. So I think, yes, I would agree. And initially like um, even was open to the idea because of wanting that community. But so I think my, um, my desire to jump into the school was 
was mostly based off of needing community and knowing that I needed that. Um, but I also had this moment of realizing I, someone asked me a question like, what are the desires of your heart? And I was like, I have no idea. I've spent a lot of um, time helping other friends with their small businesses and their dreams. And I think from a healthy place of just wanting them to succeed, I poured a lot of time into um, just volunteering and helping out. And when somebody had asked me that question, I was like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? What kind of question is that? And just kind of this eye-opening moment of, I have no idea. Like I, I, feel like I don't know myself and um, Mm. spent so much time kind of focusing on other people. That sounds noble, but it's, it's really not. It's more of a, uh, in like an avoidance or uh, like it's a avoid avoiding voicing my own desires, I guess. Mm. Like, because telling people what I want or jumping into something that I'm really passionate about feels very vulnerable. So yeah, I, I realize I don't do very much for myself. It's, it's for helping other people. Um, I'm really removed from what I actually care about and what I want to do with my life. Um, and anyway, having having that like conversation with the lord was just like um i don't i don't know how to answer this question and um i think a lot of the last few years have been a journey of him showing me like even what i was sharing before that he likes me where i'm at and that i don't have to like he likes me as my whole self and Um, I don't know how that answers your question, but, um, from a place of, of really wanting that community, I also had this like sense of the Lord calling me to like a place of consecration and setting other things down. And so when I first started the school, I quit the job that I was at, was really not in a place financially to pay for it because I was working for a coffee shop basically and um, had my young living business, but it was still like very much in the beginning stages. And I don't know, I feel like there's so much I could, could share, but um, I think the first like confirmation that the school was really where I was supposed to be was in the fall of that year. I Um, would be in class and also be like checking my phone and kind of trying to stay up to date with what was going on with Young Living because you know at the time they were doing these seasonal sales and things and so um, before I left for class that day I knew there was like this sale happening and it wasn't it wasn't going to be announced what it was like in the middle of class and so I wasn't on my phone in the middle of the teaching, but I was like eager to take a bathroom break or for that lunch break to kind of catch up. And I really just felt like the Lord say, Hey, like this is still going to be there at the end of the day. Like it's going to be all right. Like let's 
not be on your phone, like be present Yeah. while you're here. This is what I've called you to. Um, because I was like so stressed. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss out on like communicating about this sale and marketing it and promoting it, whatever. And he was like, do you trust me? Like I, I've asked you to be here at the school. I'm not asking you to do two things at once. I know that's just too much for your brain. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. And so oh my I gosh. like moved my apps around on my phone and set it aside. And I was like, okay, I'm going to not be working during school hours. And that was September or October. Um, and my, my like business numbers doubled the next month after I had like set that aside. Insane. And then it, um, could like the trajectory of my business and numbers just kept shooting up. It's, it's dipped a little bit in the last year, you know, with COVID and everything, but, um, as expected, but in that, in that season, that's really what, um, I felt like he was saying and he really followed through. And then I didn't have any financial issues with paying for second semester. Um, and even into the fall of the following year, I was like, man, I really, we're really in a different place financially. I wonder if we could pay for someone else's tuition. And so it was like a full circle kind of thing. But that's just like one example of knowing like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now, even in the hard, hard parts of it. So yeah. Hopefully that story makes. Yeah. No, I love that you said like he knows it's too much. Like he's not going to call me to do two things at once. And oh my gosh, I feel like that could apply to so many things, but especially gosh, motherhood, like with young babies, it's like, how am I supposed to do it all? How? And I know it's like, okay, you're not, but also like, Seriously, though, how do I like cook and how do I (laughs) do all the things? How do you manage your time? I feel like that is just such a theme that is always changing because kids' schedules are always changing. And just asking the Lord and inviting him into that like, yeah, God, you know that it's too much for me to try to do all of this, like how offering our time to him and seeing what he wants us to do with it. Yeah. Can I share one more thing on that? Please. So uh, this is actually just a couple weeks ago now. I'd even shared with you that this past season has just felt like a lot. And I think, honestly, like the seasonal depression thing has a lot to do with it. I wouldn't call it that up front, but maybe (laughs) Um, retrospectively, I feel like that's what it is. So the sun coming out has been really helpful. But there's just been so many moments where... I am having a migraine and like Asher has to leave for work and um, we both we had all gotten sick in the middle of January and I thought the other day like I feel like I'm getting sick again like what if I get like I kind of felt feverish almost and I just like started crying in the middle of the movie because I was like I can't do this like I don't have any family at the moment in town that could help all of my like friends either work or they're in school or my neighbor who (laughs) is usually willing to help out. She's like 37 weeks pregnant. I can't ask her to chase him around. And I really felt trapped in this space like and felt like 
Lord, like, this is too much. Like, don't you know that this is too much? Like, why? Why Why do I feel like you're not helping me? And so many people are like, there's so much grace for this season. And I'm like, please don't say that again, because it doesn't really feel like it. And yeah. I just felt like I, I like had that moment. And then I went into a meeting, actually, that we started off with just worshiping. And I, I told my friends in the meeting, I was like, I kind of felt like this worship time was going to be very like kumbaya you know okay we're just gonna like open up in some worship and it kind of did it starts that way and the more I sat there and I was just like looking out the window I felt like he showed me this moment when Jesus is carrying the cross and he drops it and he said like it was so emotional because he said I know what it feels like when it feels like it's too much like I can't even carry it anymore. Like, God, like, don't you know this is too much? Like, why? Um, and he he brings someone along to help him. And so as frustrating as community can be sometimes and hard and messy, like he showed me, like, we really need each other in those moments. And that doesn't always make it easy for me to just call for help but he was like the the powerful part was I I know what it feels like when you're really in need you know um and so he's brought that back to my memory a lot lately as I'm just so frustrated sometimes but he's like I know I know what it feels like to feel like God's not listening and like don't you see where I'm at um and just knowing like gets it you know so that that feels like a tangent but (laughs) um when you when you kind of highlighted you highlighted the the too much I just those are kind of the words he had shared with me um the other week so yeah yeah oh my gosh I think of how many times myself and so many moms it's like your eyes open and you're not even out of bed and you're like, how, I, I have no words. How am I going to do this? Yeah. And somehow we do it. <laughs> but just knowing yeah. that someone, not just someone, Jesus, like he gets it. That is such a powerful picture. And I am so thankful that you shared that. I was talking to someone a couple weeks back who her baby was just like not sleeping, just waking up like every hour. And they had decided and felt super strongly still that like they didn't want to sleep train. She was like super confident in that. Um, She's like, it's so hard because like (laughs) when I tell people, they're like, just sleep train. And we're like, no, I'm not looking for like, you know, advice or whatever. And the Lord brought to my mind that like Jesus needed sleep. Like he slept a lot. He just knows that she needs her sleep. And he knows what it's like to be tired. And I think Jesus, like, becoming human, I I was like, cool. I mean, mean, like, I thought it was great, obviously, but (laughs) I just don't think I really cared that much. Like, the incarnation until, like, I don't know, motherhood. And, like, (laughs) suddenly physical existence is, like, so hard and so much. And, like, your own needs. Um, yes, yeah, sickness. Exactly. Oh, 
man, like how I feel like you're carrying around, um, like if your child is sick, you're carrying around this fear, like, am I going to get sick? And then how am I going to take care of them? And, you know, what if they're, how do you entertain them? I don't know. There's just so many layers. And how do you just make it through the day? So thank you all that to say for sharing that (laughs) story. Yeah. So I love hearing how the Lord just, I don't know, I feel like demonstrated his faithfulness with you taking that step in starting discipleship school. That's so cool. Where do you kind of see yourself going with that? Do you feel like, I don't know, for you, has it been kind of a journey of just like building that community and learning more about who God is in his word? Or do you have like, is it more than that for you? Like, have you thought about ministry full-time or kind of what, what does that look like for you, I guess, in the future with your school? That's a great question. Um, and it's actually, okay if you don't know. <laughs> as, as part of our like getting ready for graduating, they um, kind of prompted us to start thinking about this. Like, what do you want to do after this? Um, but I mean, a lot of it is just a, like being able to experience like this is what healthy community looks like. And this is um, how to have that. I I don't see myself currently going into like vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, more so like kind of establishing a similar culture that I've experienced with school in my business um, and just being able to take a step back from how I started my business and like being really present with school and obviously walking through motherhood all at the same time has just helped me kind of look at like, this is what's important to me and this is what I want to do differently going forward. And thankfully, like I, like with Young Living specifically, they as a company have changed up a lot and um, my community there has changed a little bit so that like, I feel like this is just like a good time to reset and start something fresh. Um, I have been recommended to read a couple of books both by a guy named Ed Savolsa. I've never read any of his work, but um, a lot of it is about basically discipleship culture in the workplace and marketplace. Um, And also really want to read, what's the name? I think it's just Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. I know Pete Scazzera has a podcast, but I want to read his book as well. Um, So really just taking what I've learned and implementing that into business and any um, creative outlets going forward. That's so awesome. I love that. And I love that you were willing to sacrifice like time, money, energy, attention into kind of learning, like you said, what that like healthy community and culture looks like. And I think that's going to be such a blessing to your business and to your family and just the people that you interact with. Because unfortunately, I think not a lot of us um, have experienced that or maybe a lot of us like crave that community. I think even just like defining community, it's like so many things. I feel like I'm learning to redefine it for myself. Like 
a lot of times I have thought about community as this like perfect group of mom friends who like all parent exactly the way I do, dress exactly the way I do, eat exactly the way I do. And we hang out multiple times a week, but I'm not always the one initiating. You know, at least like half of the time they're also initiating. (laughs) We talk all the time, but there's not all this pressure to like respond. You know, I like, I'm like, really, I'm not that picky, except here's my criteria. And it's like so ridiculous saying it out loud, right? And in reality, it's like maybe community is people who, yeah, are emotionally healthy and available and who are willing to like drop off some food. Like you feel comfortable to ask them for help. Yeah. I don't know. That's not as like – that feels harder in a way. Yeah. I think that's the challenging part that I find is probably necessary is – that it's not easy to ask like there are moments like seasons of motherhood I actually have this friend that just she offers to like bring pick up groceries for me every time she goes to the store I'm like who is this person (laughs) who is this angel yeah you know but then there are other times like today where I really felt like (laughs) I need childcare, but I don't I don't really want to burden anyone to like come watch my child for an hour or two at the last minute. A lot of time, like, I don't know. I could talk for that about that for a little while, but what I've gathered is from the outside perspective, they're eager to help. They're eager to know like how to help, especially um, at least with Nelson right now, like he's, pretty easygoing he likes to play he doesn't cry a lot and it's just like great you should be easy to kind of like pass off you know I don't know yeah. a nice way of saying that but <laughs> I get it <laughs> like it feels like it should be easier but it's almost like it's more about like how I how I feel in that situation not really like thinking about burdening people it's like how am I being perceived by you know it's it's not really the the task at hand it's the at least for me like how am I how does this come across exactly no that's so true and I feel like that goes back to what you're saying about like establishing a different culture but I would feel like what's so hard about that is like we have to lead the way (laughs) So like what your friend does, for example, that's amazing that she's like offering to pick up groceries. So like doing that for other people, you know, like yeah, that or dropping off food or offering, you know, it's so much more. I feel like people are starting to talk about it. I haven't necessarily been bold enough to try or to ask, but going beyond let me know how I can help, you know, yeah. like saying, okay, here are a few options. Pick one, you know? I think, I don't know why. I feel like that's like infringing on people. Like, I don't want to be like bossy. But if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful right now, you know? Yeah. I think um, specifically with my friend that is, is dropping off the groceries, like even if I say no, like she'll still sometimes bring cookies by or like if she's already at Trader Joe's, 
she will bring some eucalyptus and I'm like why like what is happening like this is so amazing and so I I've learned from her in a lot of ways just kind of indirectly in that just from her generosity I think um but yeah initiating it it's hard it's like no no you step out of the corner first and then yes. I'll and I'll go yeah well I you feel be like vulnerable first exactly I am always worried about like being too much like I don't want to be like obsessive with this person and that's not even it but like do they want to be my friend really like even even with like friendships that I feel are like real friendships well like you and I that I've like met on Instagram I'm like okay I would love to be like a real real life friend not just like responding to each other's stories and like oh your kids are so cute I like your house but that feels weird but yeah. I know that we're all probably generally thinking really similar things, you know? Yeah. It's just like I making the first move. That's fair, especially just where the world is with the internet and building relationships on the internet. It's like, I know, like, I know more than I should, <laughs> or yeah. I know more than I, I would have. I don't know. There's like, I guess I would say like, there's friends that I have like in-person friends that haven't shared as much of their like thoughts and feelings and their heart with me as much as you and I have exchanged. And so it's like, what's like, how do we, where's the gap and like, why are things that way? But then there's like, like advantages to, to that too, like being able to connect with people from far away. I don't know. Totally. No, my husband has challenged me a lot because I got my light phone and I just feel like I would refer to like friends and he got to a point where he's like, are those people, you know, like in person or are they like random internet strangers? And I hated that he called them that. I was like, they're not internet strangers. They're my friends. And yeah, that feels like weird to say. But, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Is that a community? Is it important that it's, like, on, you know, like, does it matter if it's over text versus, like, in person? I don't know. There definitely, I think, like you said, can be benefits if especially you're going through something that it feels easier or safer to talk to someone who, like, isn't in your community. That can be helpful. Sorry, I'm just like totally processing. No, you're good. I um, I kind of want to ask you a question, if that's okay, because we Asher and I were talking about this at dinner the other night. Um, because (laughs) I was thinking about working as a barista in the past, and then we were sitting at the bar, and like, I don't know, just a friend of ours that's a bartender it's like what is it that creates a sense of belonging in community and even in spaces like a coffee shop or at a bar with the bartender um because that's that's like a 
I don't know if you would call it a core value or what, but something that I've been thinking on that I want to apply to business and to like a team or you could even think of it as coworkers or in your community, whatever that looks like is maybe you walk into a coffee shop for the coffee, but it's really because you keep coming back because you feel like you belong. And so yeah, what, what is it? Is it the eye contact? Maybe, but how does that translate digitally? Like, you know, like what you were yeah. just saying, like what creates that, um, that space where you feel like, yeah, this is, these are my people. Yeah. You know? No, that's such a great question. And it's hard. I feel like I'll share thoughts, but I don't, I'm just going to preface by saying, I feel like I don't have an answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I don't I either. So I'm just. Hypotheses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm reading The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson and I'm a slow reader. So maybe she answers this question in her book. I posted about it a while back and I think several of you guys have read it, but I love, I keep coming back to kind of the tagline I think is like creating a place of order or beauty and belonging, but she talks a lot about order and beauty. So I've kind of like grouped all of those, like order, beauty, belonging. And I just love that vision for home so much. And I feel like it extends into other areas of life, like you were saying, public spaces and like online And it is interesting. I feel like I should take notes because there are certain coffee shops that I go to where I do feel like I belong. And there are others that I go to where it's kind of intimidating. And it's like, maybe I want to, but I don't like fully feel that, you know? Um, Gosh, I just feel like there are so many different ways that someone could answer that question. And I wonder if it varies from person to person. I feel like one way that you could answer that is just when someone leads with like vulnerability and it doesn't have to be like, hi, let me tell you my whole life story. But like I can think of, okay, one example is if a pastor is like preaching a sermon and shares like a personal story or experience or even a time where they like sinned, that just, I don't know, that makes me feel a little more comfortable. Like, oh, I can connect with this person because they let their guard down a little bit and they're not, we're not all like just trying to pretend like we have it together, you know? But like as far as that translating to spaces, I don't know. What do you think? I think – the, as you're talking, I I think vulnerability is definitely a big piece of it. Um, not just with the parts we might be ashamed of or like regretful about, but even kind of what I touched on earlier, it's like, these are the things I'm passionate about. And I'm kind of nervous that you might judge me, but I'm going to be vulnerable and share really openly about this is what I really care about. And this is what I like, like to spend my time on or whatever, you know? Um, So I think it's across the spectrum of like, whatever, like setting fear aside of 
like what people are going to think if that's about past sin or if it's about something you're currently learning, like Mm. sewing or making bread or like, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like (laughs) I tell Asher that all the time. I think that's very like motherhood is a very, very vulnerable space for me to to share about because every day I'm like, I don't, I wrote, (laughs) I wrote down the other day, like all the things that were on my mind. And the first thing was like, how many calories does Nelson need to be eating a day? What do I feed? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, And so um, just being really transparent with that has helped me connect with other moms, I think. Um, And even like the sleep training stuff, it's like, I, I mean, you just kind of have to like do what works for your kid and be open to changing your mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how to close that thought, but yeah. Um, vulnerability for sure. I love how you touched on like a totally different facet of vulnerability because I feel like, yeah, I guess whether I realized or not, a lot of times I thought about it just like, on one as one note, like, yeah, like deep bad stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's vulnerable. It, which is true, but oh my gosh, no, you like open my eyes to a whole new world. That totally makes sense. And that's actually something really interesting. I was just talking to John about do I want to be noticed or do I want to be known? And what is harder and why? Just like some of the questions I feel like I've been asking myself and also like, do I want like a real connection with this person or I do, I want to perform and for them to like me and think I'm cool. Like that's, (laughs) I don't know, satisfying in one sense, but like what, gosh, I don't feel like I've done this before on a podcast. I'm just like, (laughs) oops, (laughs) you're so good at like saying all these thought-provoking things Um, (laughs) no I feel like that's so true and motherhood to be like yeah I don't know what I'm doing or even I was talking to a friend who um was asking like so how's marriage like a lot of her friends are married and she is single I was like honestly marriage has been like hard and then I just kind of like shared some things and I was like it's not to say it hasn't been good but for us I just feel like it's been really really hard and she was like, I'm so glad you said that because that's just not something any of my friends have said at all, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you would call it toxic positivity because I see that like terminology floating around, but I do think there is an imbalance of like speaking positively about your spouse and like uplifting them and saying encouraging things and not like, you know, dragging them through the mud, but also like, how do I talk realistically about the things that are really hard about marriage are really hard even with motherhood I feel like that's a very like very much a minefield of like don't say the wrong thing but I think that's part of why it has been hard for me because I didn't know what to expect I I think even um in your interview with Elizabeth she kind of shared that like yeah her mom wasn't really open about the things that were hard. And so that leads to like this, well, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I doing it wrong? 
why why does it feel really hard for me but not for other people like yes and I don't know I think social media kind of feeds into that lie but also just I don't know there's there could be a lot more conversation about what things really look like and maybe that's that's where community comes in maybe that's not something you talk about in in a public space but yeah no that's exactly what my mind was going back to is like creating this culture where it is safe and you can still feel like you belong to share stuff like that and I feel like social media gets demonized a lot and and part of that is true like okay we're sharing our smiling kids in our clean house and whatever that's true but to be totally honest I'm like not on Instagram near as much as I was before and I still like I feel like it's just a human thing actually and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been easy to like put all that on social media just a lot of like hard human things to be like oh it's Instagram and (laughs) actually though even when I'm like not on it very much yeah if someone asks me how's motherhood or how's marriage like I still will probably answer sometimes in a way that's similarly deceiving to how I would like share on social media I don't know right it's still complex even without the internet you know yeah for sure and I like I want to say too that in my journey of of deciding and figuring out what what are the things that I enjoy what what is the desire of my heart you know to like posting and sharing on social media the things that I like to share and not feeling like oh I I need to share my pile of dirty dishes or you know um for the sake of being more real it's like no that this is my kitchen is clean and I want to remember that by taking this picture or yes you know Nelson has regular clothes on today or we all got dressed um I think there's really something special to documenting the part that we want to remember and like you said I think it gets kind of a bad rap a lot of the times and it's really just amoral it's like what whatever you make of it so yeah I just felt like I wanted to touch on that that social media is what you make it right no I think that's great I actually heard I listened to an interview with Bella, Rob Mayo a while back. No, it was like two days ago. (laughs) Feels like a while ago. ago. Wow. And um, (laughs) she said something like, Instagram is my highlight reel. And like, I'll own that. Like, I don't want to, I personally just don't feel like I want to share all the like hardest stuff on there. And that's not my real life, but like, that's just what I've chosen to do. And I thought that was cool. I feel like, yeah, there's been different movements and different conversations over the years of it is a highlight reel or it shouldn't be. But I just think that's a really beautiful perspective that you shared about that. So I would love to hear just kind of before we wrap up, like how I know you and I have kind of talked about this, like what does this look like for you right now as far as letting go of the need to like accomplish and produce and I don't know I'm like not asking this question very well um just with like productivity let's say I know obviously motherhood I feel like has changed your ability to 
be productive in a particular way or maybe change like the way that you view productivity itself. Just kind of what was that like for you journeying into motherhood and how do you feel like the Lord has like met you in that journey? Um, part of it is leaning on community um, and realizing I do need some structure. Um, yeah, reaching out for help at least one day a week was a like, oh, okay, I can do this. Like, this is something that I need. And I really feel like it's the grace of the Lord that we're like moving into a nap time schedule because I very much wanted to, you know, follow the cues. Let, let's look for the cues and be intuitive about when he's tired. And I'm like, you speak another language and you actually don't know what you want. So um, I have to like decide. And so I think he's the Lord himself has helped me a lot in moving out of survival mode. And it's, it's very like fresh. So getting outside in the mornings and doing like one little creative thing each day, I think has been kind of some practical things and just being open to whatever, like kids just change all the time. So trying to be more open to what might be next for us. And um, if that is uh, like a schedule or if it's, more flexible like I would like it to be I have to to be ready to adapt to that yeah I feel like I don't know if you felt this way I would call myself on the like crunchier side of life and motherhood and I think what's interesting is there can be so much like guilt or shame or yeah just conflicting feelings when it comes to like certain parenting decisions on both sides. Like I think some people feel bad if they are maybe feeding their kid gummy worms or yeah, yeah, their sleep training or whatever. And then on like the opposite side of that, some people struggle with feeling like, I don't know, that wasn't a very cohesive thought. (laughs) But just like sometimes I feel I like so badly want to do things in this like particular way that I feel like aligns with my values, which tend to be on the more like natural side. But I've just had to come to a place of acceptance of sometimes like that is not going to work for my child and it's okay. And like, what do I feel like makes the most sense for my family and for my kid? Well, maybe it means making this decision and that doesn't make me a bad mom. And that doesn't make yeah. me crunchy. And is my identity in being crunchy? Is that is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> Do I have to like follow all of these certain things to like be a good mom or to be this type of person? I don't know. Yeah. I very much um, like enjoy kind of doing paradoxical kind of things like pouring organic milk on <laughs> Lucky Charms or something. Um, it's like, oh. I caught you off guard. You didn't expect me to do that, did you? So I encourage you to step into that. Like, oh, the that's a good challenge. <laughs> yes. But, um, I know. I get, like, I don't know where, what else I was going to say, but I feel that it's just you want to do the natural thing and 
kind of fit into your ideal version of yourself. And sometimes just kids don't care. Right. John gave Flora Burger King yesterday. <laughs> I which I was like, what? And then yeah, I just have to step I was like, what? I just have to step back and be like, it's fine. He's a great yeah. dad. You know, like yeah. she was hungry. Yeah. She needed to eat. That's what they got. <laughs> okay. I feel like I was so all over the place. And I learned so much from you during this interview. I would love to just wrap up with a few rapid fire questions that I like to ask every single guest. Okay. So, Haley, what are three things that you have been loving lately? One thing that I am loving lately, and I don't, I honestly am not a big thrifter person, but recently I've been inspired to like um, repurpose like thrifted shirts and pants into clothes for Nelson. Um, so we figured out how to make a pattern for some clothes for him from his existing clothes. So that's been fun. Asher helps me out with that a lot, actually. I think it's so cool that he sews. Yeah. Is that what he does for a job? He did for um, like three or four years before his current job. Okay. He worked at a jeans company. But um, I'm loving that. Um, as the weather gets warmer, I've been drinking a lot of like peach iced tea, <laughs> which is kind of random, but it just feels really summery to me. And what else? I don't know. This time of year, I just like really into colorful things. A lot of my home is like neutral and brown and white, but I don't know, just kind of into like purple, maybe lavender. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, just branching out with my, my colors. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> I remember you posted like a really pretty red <laughs> lipstick picture the other day oh yeah I love the pop of color red is red is a pretty color on you thank you how can we community be praying for you man I really just I feel like this is kind of not cheesy but like very like basic thing to ask for but just that our home would be a place of peace I shared that the past season's been really hard and so um with that come a lot of tears and frustration and yelling and all the things that are not peace um and I don't know I've I've walked into spaces that you can just tell that it's a place of prayer it's a place of God's presence and I really want that for our home and um I think a lot of that it's not on me, to, like not my responsibility, but I think there's a big piece of me initiating like how I start my day and like um, really leaning on Holy Spirit for that. So um, just, I don't know what that, how to pray for that would maybe just reminders from him um, and just that this would be a place where you know, people would step into kind of like you were saying that book, like just a place of peace and belonging and um, order. 
I need to read that book. <laughs> it's been, I have it on my shelf and it's also in my like audio book, like list. Yes. So I don't really have any reason to not, <laughs> to not dive into it. I just haven't. So just that. And I don't feel like that's cheesy at all. Cause I think I've just been realizing like the importance, the true deep importance of having exactly what you're saying, like your home just being a place of peace. I think it can feel challenging or maybe insignificant. And this is my own feeling. So not saying everyone has experienced this, but like, I love being home all day, but also sometimes I can be like, whatever about it and just (laughs) unintentional. I'm kind of like all or nothing. I'm like, all has to be perfect. I need to order um, from Juniper Print Shop immediately. I need to get all the frames or I'm kind of like, I'll do the dishes tomorrow. And all of those things contribute to it being a restful place where we can like fill up and love our families and yeah, serve each other. I just want to validate that. I think that desire is really good. Yeah. And where can people find you and connect with you? My personal Instagram is Newman Haley, which is actually my maiden name. I just left it as such, but that is my personal Instagram. I also share about essential oils and natural living um, on Well Kept Nest occasionally. And yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.